our world is not a world of absolutes. If we try and operate in this world with in, in, in a black and white way with absolute clarity, absolute truth, absolute, absolute anything, it doesn't really work. <coughs> That's not how the world was built. The Medrash says in, uh, in Bereshis, <coughs> the famous Medrash, Omer Rabbi Shimon, Simon B'Sha'a Shabbat, Baruch Hu Adam HaRishon, when the Rebbein Hashem came to create humankind, he said, let us make a human being. And Rashi says there, he consulted with the angels. Rashi says it's as Derek Heretz, it's just a matter of, of courtesy, he consulted with the angels. But the Medrash says it wasn't just a matter of courtesy, there was a very vital debate that took place. And the Malachi Ashoris got, formed themselves into parties, into groups. There was a group that was in favor of humankind being born and being created, and there was a, fa- a, a group that was against humankind being created. Chesed said, of course we should create human beings. They are goim chasodim. Human beings do chesed. <coughs> they help one another. They're kind to one another. How can you have kindness in a world without humankind? But Emes says, no, there's no way, because humankind can't operate honestly. At some point or another, humankind tells, tells lies. Tzedek says, absolutely, who does tzedakah if not human beings? Sholem said, there's no way, because human beings are ba'alei machloket. Wherever there are people, there are arguments. If there are arguments, there's, uh, there's not Sholem. So Rebbein Shalom had to change. There was now a 50-50. He had to break the deadlock. And the Rebbein Shalom doesn't do that by casting a, a, the, the chairman's casting vote. He, he had a different strategy. He expelled Emmet. He said, you know what? Okay, it's, it's two against two. I'm going to take one of you out, and then it'll be two against one. And he took out um, Emmet. Of all of them, he takes out Emmet. He takes throughout, truth out, and he throws it down to the earth, which is, by the way, where they go and get the whole thing of the fallen angel. This was the, this was the scene. The Rebbeinu takes the, the power of Emes and throws it out. And then the, the angels say, Rebbeinu Emes, of all things you threw out Emes, that's you. There's nothing that more exemplifies you than Emes. And you've taken Emes and you've thrown it out. says, the Tale Emes I want truth to come from earth, not to come from heaven. That's a huge concept in Torah. Nektsoy Sachoshin. Nektsoy Sachoshin is the... Um, it's the classic work on Choshen Mishpat. It's, it's, it's standard material for, for every yeshiva bocha to learn because it teaches you how to think in learning. Um, it's on Choshen Mishpat, so it's on the, on the laws of, of um, monetary laws and business laws um, and 18th century. And in the Hakdoma of the, of the Tzosa Choshen, he talks about Hashem's answer and says, I want MS to come from earth. I don't want truth to be absolute. I, up in heaven, there's absolute truth. But in, in this world I've created, I don't want absolute truth. When you have absolute truth, you've got you've got ktati, you've got machlokis. Sholem is right. You can't have absolute truth without, without machlokis. I want the Tamidr Chachomim to use human intellect to decide what's true and what isn't for the world. And what's true for the world might be different to what's true for us up here. And that's the Birkas which we say in the mornings. 
It's Asher Natan Lanu Torah Emet. You gave us the power to determine the emeskite, the truth of the Torah, using the methods of learning. And that's why method of learning is so important. Because look what we're doing. We're coming out with emes. And that's why there's so much distortion in the Jewish world, because everybody thinks they're a specialist in drawing halachic conclusions and Torah conclusions from, from Chazal. It's a, it's a science. It's an art. The Chachomim do that. And, but when they're doing that, they're actually forging uh, the, the truth as it is in a world where you need sholom. The Chayi Olam Natabet Ocheinu, the Rebbe gave us that power. That's that bracha. He gave us the power. When Beisdin decides that Rosh Hashanah is on a particular day, that affects the day that Yom Kippur is on. And Hashem adjusts to our decisions. And nature aligns to that. And science aligns to the decisions of the Chachomim. So when the Chachomim are making a decision, it's not just a halachic decision. They're defining reality by the decisions. A psak is the definition of a reality to which Hashem himself adjusts his world to our reality. That's Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet. And it's based on that idea that the Gemara says in Yevomus that mutar lo l'adam l'shanot b'davar shalom. The piece, I included the piece before that because it's really important where Rabbi Rosh Rabbi Shimon says, k'shem shemitzvah l'adam l'omar davar anishma kach mitzvah l'adam shelo l'omar davar she'en anishma. Just as it's a mitzvah to say something which people will accept, will hear, it's a mitzvah not to say something which they can't hear. You, not everything you say, I always say to people, you don't have to say all the truth. You just have to be sure that whatever you say is true. You don't, whatever's true, you don't have to say. There are some things you can keep to yourself, even though they're true. People say, but it's true. But it's true is not a reason to say it. But it's false is a reason not to say it. You don't, everything you say should be true, but not everything that's true do you have to say. So there are times, says Rabbi Lozab Rabbi Shimon, if it's not going to be heard, don't say it. Because the purpose of communication is that the other person hears you. And if the other person is incapable of hearing you, don't say it. And that's part of that idea of, of, of Sholem trumps Emes, that where there is a, a, a tension between Sholem and, and Emes, you, you follow Sholem wherever you can. You can't always do that. Then the Gemara says... You may even distort the truth in order to preserve peace. Shneimana brings various cases from the Torah. Then Rabbi Nelson says it's a mitzvah. Not only may you distort the truth, you've got to distort the truth sometimes in order to keep shalom. And and then brings the various proofs. The famous one is when Shmuel says to Hashem, "What can I? How can I go and, and anoint David? People will ask me where I'm going. What am I going to say to a anoint a king to replace Shaul, I'll be killed. And Hashem says to take an animal with you and say you're going to bring a sacrifice. Now, of course, he did take an animal and did bring a sacrifice. And that wasn't a lie, but it was, it was intended to distract. It was intended to, to put people off what was really happening. And then another rise from Hashem himself, where Sarad laughs at Avram and says, my, my husband is already so old, he can't have a child. But when Hashem tells Avram, that Sora was laughing, he says, he changes the facts. There are times where you can change the facts for the sake of Sholem. Not like the media that change the facts in order to create Machlechis. What we're talking about is to change the facts in order to create Sholem. There are times when one can do that. Now we can understand the Gemara. 
in our mission, there's a machlokus beishilul and beishamai about what korbanot can be brought on Yom Tov. The problem is with a korban oila, because a korban oila, which is a chivriya, everybody brings three korbanos when you come to Yerushalayim on Yom Tov. We have to bring three korbanos. We have to bring a korban oila for riya. The oila can be a bird; it doesn't have to be an animal. But we have to bring a korban oila for riya. We have to bring shlomim, an animal for 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 chagiga, the korban of chagiga on the first day Yom Tov. And then during Yom Tov, we bring lots of shlomim, lots of korbanos of shlomim, so that we can invite lots of people and be mesameach people, because simcha involves being mesameach, not just being happy, but making happy. So we bring shlomim, shlomim are the things we eat, the, the korbanos that we eat at a meal, it's just that parts of it are brought on the, on the mizbeach. And we bring lots of shlomim as well on Yom Tov, so as to have meals, social gatherings together. As I mentioned to you recently, Shabbos is not for socializing, Yom Tov is dafka for socializing. Well, you've got to bring shlomim, and you've got to halacha para. The Rambam means la halacha. You've got to invite people to your shlomim, so that there's a social scene going on there. The question is, with an oila, korban oila, the korban reiyah, nobody can eat. So how can you bring it on Yom Tov? Beishamai says you can't. You bring the you bring the oila during the during not on Yom Tov itself. Beishilo says anything which you have to bring, you bring. It's like like the tamidim and the musafim you have to bring. <coughs> so you bring the oilus as well. Beishamai says you can bring the oilus later. It doesn't have to be on first day. So there's a machlokus Beishilo and Beishamai on that. And in our Gemara on Davchav Tanu Rabbanon Maisa Beishilo Azokin Shivio Latol Azara Lismochalav Beyomtov Hillel who Paskins you can bring an oilus was bringing his oilus to the Beishamikdash one Yomtov. Chavru Alav Tamidei Beishamai Azokin. There was a, a, a very serious uh, right wing group of, of Beishamai there. We always had this issue of the different people and you know, uh, the Datilumi and the Charedim and the Beishamai and the Beishamai. There have always been groups of people and we've worked out how to respect one another and how to live with one another and how to cooperate with one another. But there's a whole bunch of these Beishamai Nicks who saw Hillel and said, let's go and catch him. We know what he's doing. He's going to bring an oiler. And our Rebbe said, you don't bring an oiler on Yom Tov, so we're not going to have this in the Beishamikdash. So they took the law into their own hands and they approached the great Hillel Azokin and started, started with him. What is, what is this animal for? What are you, what are you bringing here? Hillel says, what a silly question. Can't you see this is a female animal and therefore it can't possibly be for an oiler? I'm bringing it for shlomim because shlomim you can bring a female and, and an oiler you can't. The truth is it was a male animal and he was bringing it for an oil. So he lied. Not only that, he was about to lift up its tail to show them that it's a, that it's a female, which it wasn't. And he realized they wouldn't bother. He, once they saw that he was actually willing to pick up the tail, they would move off. So he, he, he was playing poker with them, kind of like. They could have waited to have a look and then they would have seen that it was a, um, that it was a, a male and it was for an oil. And they went. And, and Rashi says, Hillel was Meshane, he told a lie in order to preserve Shalom. Why? Because of his, because of his modesty. The Gemara goes on to say, the Halach is clearly like Basil, and Basil could have said, Guys, get out of my way. We've established already the Halach is like me. I understand your Rebbe doesn't like it, but this is the Halach. But that, that would have been arrogant. So for arrogance and Darke Shalom, he rather changes the facts. And risks being caught out. They could have checked to see if it was a male or a female. He even volunteered 
and and Chazal and the Yerushalayim say he he volunteered because that's the best sign that you're telling the truth is to actually expose yourself and be willing to be found out. And he assumed that they would move off right away, which they did because they only wanted machlokas. When they realized there was an opportunity for machlokas, they they moved off. And um, and the Meiri says from there, you see, you can even tell a lie if it's going to emerge that you were a liar. You, from, from this Gemara we learn that, that you can even tell a lie, even if it's going to emerge that you were a liar, provided, he says, that you can demonstrate afterwards that the reason you lied was for Darche Shalom, uh, which Hila would certainly, be, would certainly have been, a, been able to do. So those are the principles we've got. We've got to understand that that's how, uh, and of course these Gedorim, when can you, how far can you, under what circumstances can you, these are the halachas that one has to learn in terms of, of uh, be, having to tell the truth and not not being able to tell a lie, but the principle that that sholem is so important, avoiding machlokes is so important, and this gemara, the next piece of gemara as well, how to just try and keep away keep away from it. I I once asked Rabbi Goldfein, it was Rosh Hashiva in Johannesburg, how he'd managed to 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 avoid machlokes. He said, you can't avoid machlokes; you can only flee from machlokes. He said, I run. I run as hard and as fast as I can when I see Machlokas. Um, and, and that's something that one, one has to do. It's a wonderful thing. In this town that, that Baruch Hashem, there's not a, uh, I'm not aware of too much Machlokas. People get on, people respect one another. Different levels of, of Yiddishkeit, different people have respect for it. Uh, here we see the Rebbein Shem is so makpid that even if it comes to having to throw Emes out, to compromise Emes, he would rather compromise emis, which means compromising himself, rather compromise, because that's what this Gemara really means. Compromise yourself rather than, than cause machlokas. That's something that we, we don't want to do and something we don't want to be held responsible for. So this sukkus is a time for, for shalom. It's a time for shalom between us and the nations of the world. We bring not for the nations of the world. As I explained in Yom Kippur, we first repair ourselves, we fix ourselves. You can't be metaken the olam if the kli is not metukan. So first we've got to check that we're good, that we're okay. And part of us being okay is that we're not balei machloket and that we're doing it for good reasons and we want shalom in the world. And then once we're, once we're okay to go out in the world and to be interested in the welfare of the world and to try and promote uh, peace which, which is aligned with emes but, we, uh, but which isn't in conflict with emes, that's part of the, of the work of a Jew.